welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm your host, Dean Zarbaugh. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Or maybe you're starting a brewery and need help coming up with a logo. If so, contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. You can check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible artwork at houseohelga.com. On today's show, I chat with Brick and Barrels brewer and founder Carl Spiesman over their tasty Noble Saison. But first, a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. The Ohio Craft Brewers Association President Colin Castor penned an op-ed in the Columbus Dispatch detailing the positive impact that the 2017 federal excise tax recalibration has had on the craft breweries and their local economies. Per the OCBA Facebook page, quote, The OCBA urges Congress to make the current excise tax rate permanent and support small businesses that fuel local economies by passing the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act of 2019. End quote. To learn more about how this will help local breweries, read Collins' piece on Dispatch.com. Big news out of Avon this week. Julie Short of Cleveland.com is reporting that friends of the show Avon Brewing Company have purchased the famed ZZ's Big Top, which will be rebranded as Avon Brewing Company Presents ZZ's Big Top. Brewmaster Matthias Hauk is planning on keeping the local corner pub theme by providing some ABC brews, plus some premium domestic beers on tap for the non-craft beer drinkers, along with ZZ's famous Bangarang Wings and 30 other sauce options. This is exciting news for Lorain County and continues Avon Brewing Company's takeover of Northeast Ohio. For more information on this story, check out Julie's article on Cleveland.com. Rick Arman of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com is reporting that Wolf's Ridge Brewing Company is in plans to take over the old four-string facility in Columbus. Wolf's Ridge will switch from bottles to cans with the transition and expect distribution to begin rolling out solely upon their brewing license approval. For more information on this exciting story, check out Rick's article on Ohio.com. Susan Post of Columbus Underground is reporting that Chicago's Forbidden Root Brewing Company is opening its second location in Easton, 15 minutes east of downtown Columbus. According to Susan's article, the new location will feature 12,000 square feet over two levels and feature outdoor seating as well. For more information on Forbidden Root's upcoming Easton location, including their beer selection, menu, and proposed opening date, check out Susan's article on columbusunderground.com. All right, my interview with Carl Spiesman, brewer for Brick and Barrel in Cleveland, Ohio, is up next. Welcome back to the finale of Brick and Barrel. I'm with Carl Spiesman here at Brick and Barrel. Uh, we have moved on to the Noble Saison. Tell the people a little bit about this. this is a bit of a like a wine beer hybrid of yours. Yeah, so this is uh, this particular one would be Riesling wine must, um, usually from M Cellars. Ooh, try to work with Matt as much as possible. And that would mean you'd have to really hustle bustle during the harvest time to yeah. get fresh uh, fresh must. So it's a must of Riesling. So must being non-fermented grape juice with anything in it. There could be some uh, stems in there accidentally. There could be a little bit of uh, leaf, you know, material. So you never, ever really get 100%, you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, some of these larger brew, or, uh, yeah. wineries can get clear, clear, clear juice. But um, this would be, you know unfermented juice that has a lot of hazy things going on there so so yeah what that is that's co-fermented with uh, a saison 
Um, I'll start the fermentation, both of them, with uh, like a white wine yeast and then um, a Belgian yeast strain. Okay. And what will happen is they just kind of use, kind of try to use the right, after a while I've learned that a certain percentage of the must, a certain percentage of the wort has a nice marriage. Um, 50-50 might be too overwhelming, might turn mm. out too sweet, like because okay. they might not ferment out. It gets cloyingly kind of gross or, you know, something like that. So I like it dry. So a nice, you know, gets that real dry white wine meets uh, a Belgian beer flavor nice. characteristics to it. And, uh, and I love Riesling, so it's like a Riesling head, so I love that. What uh, for people who might not know what so what's a saison? How how it, it's in, in such a kind of middle ground category that mm-hmm. some people aren't familiar with it. Um, what how would you describe a saison? To me, like, like I said, I mean I love German lagers. I love British beer. I love what we do in the United States, and then the Belgians just do a whole nother thing. You know, especially traditionally. Now everything's, you know, evolving in a different, you know, kind of everyone's trying to be in a certain category. But mm-hmm. to me, growing up through the beer world and reading uh, your your textbooks, beers being like a Saison as one of them um, means season in the Belgian, French, you know, dialect, <laughs> language. But um, so a Saison, farmhouse style ale, um, you know, in a nutshell, back in the day, even when you were brewing it, you know, in England or Germany or, or in the United States, you're brewing for your, in your local small area your little super mesoclimate and um or microclimate and whatever's going to happen in your little area is going to affect your fermentation and back then they didn't have not a lot of us or any of them had cooling mm-hmm. or controllable fermentation okay so what's going to happen is going to happen um and a lot of times it's open top very little closed top fermentations and it's going to be whatever temperature is going to be whenever yeast strain bacteria or uh wild yeast tree strain or microflora that's in the air is going to drop in there and say hello yeah. And they're going to fight against each other. So in Belgium, you know, these small farmhouses would brew with whatever they have on the farm with usually grain as well, like mm-hmm. your Pilsner style grains or, you know, those kind of light, light uh, grains because they didn't, you know, they didn't uh, uh, put them through a, a um, malting program, yeah. you know, to get them like, you know, co- different colors and flavors. So you'd have that and you'd put, they'd put oats, you know, any kind of spices, herbs, grains of paradise, things like that, you know, cor- you know, um, coriander, orange mm-hmm. peel, whatever's on the farm, whatever's thirst quenching, whatever they like to do. So it's like making a soup for them that gets fermented and it's thirst quenching and they use it as sometimes as payment to the farmers. Okay. So that's a traditional, like, you know, some yeah. reading a book kind of thing. Right. But, um, but so here, you know, same, we try to replicate that as best we can. Sometimes you get really geeky and you buy all some fun tools and try to do like really traditional. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we're just, you know, doing a nice Saison recipe. I'm doing a Saison recipe and then putting yeah, a nice Belgian yeast train that I like. And you mess with it all the time. But um, that's a Saison to me. And uh, and that's what that's what makes it makes it fun. But we don't, I don't get it, you know, a lot of the bacteria or any kind of wild yeast because we control mm-hmm. it. I control it with temperature and closed yeah. top fermentation and cleanliness and san- <laughs> yeah. sanitizing things. So, yeah. What the, the two sides of that coin, how does that affect flavor? Like if open air fermentation yeah. versus uh, how you how you do it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've even done it. I've done the open air one. I have a little kettle and I've done that. And then I've even done like a barrel, you know, we let it ferment in a barrel. And so you're going to get whatever's in the air and okay. whatever's inside that barrel. Um, in your stainless container, it, it was just whatever's in the air because I cleaned and sanitized the, the, the kettle. But um, so what it does is, yeah, it can give you – it can go south and go bad. Or it could be a really fun, interesting, and, and have a lot of different flavors and aromas. So, you know, when you get – you know, your yeast strain, if you inoculate, is going to be usually the most powerful thing okay. that's going to happen. But if you don't inoculate with the yeast strain, you're going to – now you're relying exactly what's on the vessel – 
in the air or anything that kind of came through that didn't get sterilized through the boil or if you add something in it let's say you add some uh, orange peel straight up and there's something on the orange peel yeah you're going to get whatever on that and that's saying you know some of the greatest winemakers or even just not even greatest, but just winemaking in general um for the grape side they've been doing it so long or just realize there's something going on same thing with the belgians that they won't let anything touch it they want the same they won't kill the cobwebs they won't right. barely clean their hoses in their barrels they let that that air that whatever the atmosphere take control then sometimes what i've learned is they'll intervene at a certain point okay all right let's put this yeast strain that we love in there that gotcha. we've been using forever and it's really cool to see because you know i've worked with french winemaker french winemakers one specifically worked in the rhone and uh we worked together in new zealand and uh so same thing new zealand's winemaking is like us new world winemaking okay and they'll um we're cleaning hoses every day. Every day before we start any process, we're putting whatever solution to clean and then whatever acid or citric acid through it to uh, help kind of neutralize. Yeah. He The first week he, he came, we were just bullshitting and having a beer and some wine, and he goes, why do you, why are you guys cleaning so much? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of what we do. I mean, I know why. I mean, yeah. he cleans right. and kills stuff and helps, you know, flavors and whatever, blah, 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 for anything happening. In France, in his winery, they clean the beginning of harvest, and at the end of harvest, okay. There <laughs> like, you go. Holy crap! <laughs> just I mean, that would be awesome because I hate cleaning every day. Right? But, uh, so, so that's the same thing. They're, they're not worried because they they have a they have it they have it down pat. They're They've doing been doing it. it for a while. Yeah, they know what's going on. They're doing it, and that's what they like, and that's what the people, the local community like, their consumer. And sometimes it's one of the greatest things in the world. So we control it here because we want a consistent, and we don't want anyone to you know poo poo it or whatever. Yeah. But um, so that yeah, that's why I that's how I do it here. But um. Not, I'm gonna work on doing some fun things, you know, very soon. So, I like that style too. But you, it is yeah. nerve-wracking because we don't have a, um, you know, generational generation of a, a facility here that's been making wine and beer or whatever. So right. you know, when this was a welding shop before here, <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, like what's yeah. gonna happen. But so yeah, uh, and it's uh, saisons are another style that I've gotten turned on to from doing the show. Uh, I've really enjoyed. <clears throat> kind of exploring that that category and a lot of times and correct me if I'm wrong they're not as super high alcohol content they're right around what like five and below somewhere in there six and below yeah somewhere that, in there and I think you know again there's BJCP things and whatever and guidelines but um I think at the end of the day anything you know if we we're going by ABV anything above four is pretty you know right on anything below six and a half is right in there you know if you go BJCP I'm sure it's like 4.8 to like 6.3 yeah, or yeah, some yeah. crap like that. But um, and I don't know because I right. suck at memory and all stuff. Yeah, but, um, I, I've been trying to study that stuff. And I just can't memorize <laughs> it's it. Fine. I get yeah, I get yelled at by other friends and brewers. All <laughs> you should know. I'm like yeah, whatever. But um, so but I think at the end of the day, it's the flavors. And then if it's like really high in alcohol, then you're just kind of like, dude, that's that's not a saison. That's right. really high. But if it's a great flavored beer, interesting and fun. You know it's and you know it's a saison. You can taste that that yeast strain. The yeast strain is the driver. You know okay. what I mean. It's it's um, nowadays. You know for especially controlled fermentations, it's the driver. You get all those fun phenolics and some great fruity flavors and that Belgian characteristic that is kind of un unreplicated in other yeast styles besides yeah. the Belgian yeast style. You just know it. Like you mean right now, we had one. Close your eyes. Like oh man, that's yeah, a that's Belgian. A, yeah. You just know. And um, like it could be a bubblegum candied kind of thing or you know not not necessarily half of ice and bubblegum or right. whatever but like the belgian kind yeah, and yeah. uh so you just know man you're like that's that's a belgian beer and then the saison same thing like the more 
interesting ones to me are the ones that aren't messed with as much. You just like do stuff to it and have fun. Yeah. Let it open top ferment. Then I'm always excited. But when they get like so sterile, you're just like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's a saison, but yeah. and you know, it's like a mass marketed it or loses something. Some like, of its eh. attractiveness, I guess. Yeah, the personality's gone. Like, yeah, the it's personality. Not, yeah, it's just not there. You know, it's like boring. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's well, saison. That's, and that's what open air gives you. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Open air in Belgium versus open air in Cleveland, you're getting two different. Oh, God, yeah. You're mm-hmm. getting two different things. I mean, that can just change the flavor altogether just based mm-hmm. on location, and it gives it a more localized feel, I guess. In a, in a way, is it's our, it, it may be bacteria, but it's our bacteria. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. at least we know it. At least right. it's ours. It's ours. That it's in our backyard, mm-hmm. and it kind of. I don't know. It just in a way it helps you feel a little bit more connected to it in a way yeah. i don't know if that makes sense or not no it does and and i think the hard part is too is when you when you look at european brewers they so say say a saison producer they that house probably only does three to five different beers and they're probably just saisons yeah so and then they're they've been doing it for let's just say 50 to 150 years and maybe it's longer maybe it's a little shorter so when you're a craft brewer here you're probably doing one saison a couple times a year. Maybe yeah. you have a house saison. Maybe right. you do an occasional barrel, but you've only been doing it for three to five years. You're probably not most time doing open top. Now, if we had this same conversation in 65 years, yeah, we might like you know that the saison house down in the flats yeah. or whatever. They've been doing it for 65. They had that similar beer. They only do like three saisons. That's not we don't talk like that right. anymore, right? We just because right. there's nothing really really like that in the larger percentage. Correct. If there is some, it's a very small percentage. So that's cool and it's interesting and exciting. But it's hard to compete yeah. in the market. So, but anyways, I detour. But whatever detour, detour. But um, so that yeah, that's kind of that one there's day can happen. A, but there, it's that, different, you know. You still got to kind of educate the uh, people who might not know consumers who might not know what a mm-hmm. saison is. There's still that extra right. little hurdle you got to get over. Right. Where if you're just drinking Boulevard Seven all the time, yeah. you're going to think that's what a saison is. Now, when you have like you know saison Dupont or something you're like whoa it's just I don't like this you're like whoa yeah. man that's a that's, that's a, a saison, true saison. yeah you Quote know what I mean quote. yeah there's a bunch of them yeah, yeah. yeah you know, there's a handful every, of them yeah. but yeah so it's fun and that's what's cool and I think that's like again it's the educating the consumer and helping them out and having fun with craft beer never making them feel like there's a right or wrong answer right. or they don't know what they're talking about you know like we were talking about untapped you know I mean you gotta like you gotta just say you gotta appease them too like yes if yeah. everything for you is an untapped review that's great that's yeah. the world you're gonna live in yep. that's like when you buy a car or whatever that's great you yep. know what I mean but beer I don't think beer is supposed to be used agreed it's not supposed to be drank no. by purely reviews you gotta no. try it you gotta support and you gotta trust that hopefully we're not we're not there just to make a dime it's a passion thing you yeah. know because I've worked in the industry for long enough to know. I haven't made a lot of money. Like even as a shift brewer, it's fun. Right. It's a passion. You know what I mean? You're not like man. You want to do it because you want to do it. Brewing. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's fantastic. So and like you said, great community and great thing. So yeah. Well, again, if if someone wanted to take the saison, the noble saison home, and maybe eat something with it again, mm-hmm. do something lighter, probably. Yeah. Um. That one's fun. Again, you want. <laughs> Again, this is all subjective, right? Yeah. Tasting and drinking. Like, some might say, it went great with a steak. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's fantastic. Right. I'd love to know. But again, probably those lighter, uh, like, white meat, like a chicken, um, or, you know, a, a lightly, not any, unsmoked kind of pork or something, mm-hmm. um, with, like, a light glaze, like, maybe even, like, apricot glaze or something Ooh, like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, peach glaze. But, um, and then, uh, yeah, your lighter dishes, kind of the middle of the road, like, maybe, like, like rice dishes, the quinoa with some like you know maybe some vegetables 
and then um again it'd be it's fun with lighter fruit you know, like lighter fruity kind of yeah. uh, desserts um and then even like a maybe a light fish like a swordfish or something okay. like that yeah um but yeah you know and then again you don't want any overpowering flavors like if the nice thing there is some riesling characteristics to it so you can get into maybe close to the, like the like the blue kind of vein cheese yeah. smoky cheeses but uh the, the heavier you get like a smoked gouda it's just kind of overpower yeah, yeah. but um but yeah, super sharp cheddar. Super sharp <laughs> cheddar. Yeah, you can go with the cheddar, like light yeah, cheddar nice or something. Mild, but yeah. yeah, and I like I like meat and cheese boards and like putting, you know, like dates and figs and whatever kind of fruits and nuts on there because you kind of get you get the meat, you get the fruit, you get the cheese. Some of the characteristics of different foods, um, and you can have fun with that that way. Yeah. And you're not committed to like one dish, right? You know, and you can kind of go like now you're going okay. So this this beer can if I go to a restaurant and I get a saison and I want to I'm not going to get a cheese board and a you right. know, meat and cheese board and nut board every time I go to a restaurant. So you're like, I'm going to commit to this pork chop, but I know that pork chop has that glaze. It's probably going to go well just like this saison. Yeah. And that's fun. And that's how geeky, you know, you want to get it. But um, Absolutely. I think it's fun. If you're spending your hard-earned money on it, why not have fun with your palate, you know? So, 100%. Hell yeah. Uh, anything else about the saison you want to get out before we um, end Yeah, one thing. Uh, so every harvest I do um, a Pinot Noir um, saison with uh mad and him sellers and they do a nice fresh riesling that i so sometimes like to deter back to what i was saying you know you get a must and you can only get it during harvest you know sometimes you got to work harder throughout the year so mm-hmm. you know if i get some and i can freeze it and i get that's great but then if it goes out it's usually out you know yeah. what i mean so that's why right now i'm out but um you know harvest right around the corner so i have a nice i'll have some <laughs> for maybe i'll get more so i can yeah. have some in july or august next year but um so yeah so every time uh so for him sellers and me we're doing another um Wine and Must series. Nice. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Must and Beer series. So, yeah, you'll, I'll, I'll probably do a couple more different ones. I did uh, like I did a quad with Cabernet, which Ooh. was pretty good. So I'll probably do some more stuff, and I'll look out for some more uh, barrel-aged uh, saisons. And uh, I'm getting a nice big Italian French wine vat. Nice. So I'll be doing some uh, maybe some funky, fun, and clean yeah. Belgians. So Very yeah. cool. Uh, so I have this uh, segment <clears throat> I do at the end of the series. It's called Between Two Hops. It is a little question I came up with and sort of stole from uh, inside the actor studio. <laughs> uh, tweaked it up a little bit to be about craft beer. <clears throat> Some extra questions on here too. But uh, what is your favorite style of beer to brew and to drink? Oh, okay. So they can be different. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to be the same. <laughs> gotcha. Well, besides mashing in, because I'm pretty archaic here, I have a, a, a little small wooden pole and a brute. Uh, container that i dump into the okay. wee heavy is my favorite okay but it's the most i sweat the most on that really? one and i get the best workout so my my, my uh biceps look sweet <laughs> but um yeah the wee heavy is awesome to brew i wouldn't say it's my favorite one to drink all the time but uh, a german lager like a oh, clean yeah. beautiful delicious german lager is, is any kind pilsner i don't even care you yeah. just if it's a great german lager one of my favorite con- I, every once in a while i'm on the craft beer reddit subreddit and the, someone will comment <clears throat> oh, give me a nice clean lager, and then someone will comment. Found the brewer. <laughs> <laughs> Found the brewer. Uh, you know, generally, that's what it is. There's the brewer. There um, what is, on the opposite end of that? What's your least favorite style of beer to brew and to drink? Not necessarily because it's bad, but just maybe the work that goes involved with it, or oh. something that maybe isn't your pleasing to your palate. This is probably the wee heavy again because I know <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I got to brew that beer. But um, because it has been the butts a lot of malt. But um, no, I mean. No, it's probably – it's like a love-hate. That's probably is it because uh, being so small and not having like an elevator, uh, a grain elevator, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that, I got a, got a lot of work ahead of me that day. And it's a long brew. It's a two-hour boil, um, yada, yada. But, um, 
Yeah, see, I don't really hate brewing any beers. I guess I more like tend to not like some styles. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but some that I don't brew. Uh, so I guess you know, being a brewer, you shouldn't brew just what you like because right. that's you know suicide, I guess you could say. <laughs> but um, but it's um, I uh, I guess I don't love hazy IPAs, but I don't. I have never brewed one, so huh? I can't say. Yeah. It was the first time. For well, everything. some some hazy IPAs are good. I just yeah. uh, the burn. I'm not big on the burn. Yeah, yeah you got to find the right one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, some of those can burn really like. <sighs> I, yeah, exactly. And I like that style, but that is so, that is something that you get the wrong one, and you're like, "Wow, I that's did, like." Heartburn. I think I think I need to drink more, like you said, because when I first had one, I had one with a buddy, a buddy brewer, and he got it from a really recognized brewery. And it was an amazing brewery, and uh, and and I actually I know it was a good beer, but I just couldn't do it. But I remember working, you know, working at a winery, and I drank something that had citric acid in it. Okay. In the wine, you when you first mix it with some stuff, you add stuff in wine, but um. I drank. I was like, "Holy crap! It burned so bad." Yeah, and I had that same like deja vu experience, oh, okay. and I was like, "Do you, people like this?" He's like, <laughs> "Yes." It's like one of the best-selling beers in like Ohio or like in the country. Yeah. And I'm like, "Holy crap! I'm missing something, man." Yeah. But uh, anyways, I it, you know, it, that's everybody just me. everybody likes their own thing. Yeah. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Man, I probably could answer that like past sometime this past year. So another, oh man. Probably whatever Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, did. Okay. Whatever he is, I would have loved that. Yeah. Back in the day, 1975 to 1985, oh, just going to Belgium and they laid the red carpet out. So I guess a journal, like a beer journalist, yeah. but like specifically like Michael Jackson, yeah, the beer be hunter. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what profession would you not like to attempt? Oh, man. I don't know. I guess there's probably a million things. Uh, I don't think I ever want to be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Lawyer? They're you awesome. Never I love half the guys I know, but yeah. Either yeah, you, lawyer. Most people just, yeah. like, oh, lawyer. <laughs> uh, nothing against lawyers listening. Yeah, Please great. don't sue me. I love them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which hurdles did you personally face opening Brick and Barrel, and how did you overcome them? Um, probably the biggest hurdle is not having food. Um, okay. And then... Uh, you know, we opened relatively fast. I opened, you know, within nine months of actually signing a lease, which oh, is pretty wow. impressive. But I didn't rush either. Just kind of got the got the license early. And like, but you see, when you see in here, there's, you know, there's not a food. There, it's not a lot of bells and whistles. I didn't redo floors, and it's not, you know, mascara all over the place. But um, probably just still end to the day opening is just not having a food, uh, a kitchen or a yeah. kitchenette. Um, that's been a hard hard thing to kind of overcome. But um, it hasn't done any a dent on anything. It's just it something that hurt, yeah. yeah, it hasn't hurt. It's just. One of those things, yeah. yeah. That's probably like it. you said in an earlier episode, you know, there's so much to do around mm-hmm. here that, you know, throwing another kitchen into here or something, you're just, there's just so much around here. You can find something. Yeah, You absolutely. can find something to yeah. eat. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, some people might see that as a, as a negative, but every place is different. Yeah. You know? Thanks, man. Absolutely. Um, and uh, what, for you, what was the most interesting trend that you saw in craft beer in 2019? Interesting trend. Yes. Um, man, I'm probably the worst, like I said, I'm probably the, out of all my peers and everybody, I'm the worst person to ask because I've kind of laid off the past years after like I bought beer for some you know mm-hmm. beer bars and stuff, um, and then I kind of like just stuck my nose into the business side and just brewing. Right. But as far as interesting, I think the, the hazy IPA thing is pretty interesting. Like the, how that kind of blew up so fast, and then how how um, how these how companies are trying to. Uh, navigate through the market 
how what are we going to do to compete and how are we going to keep our shel- shelf state you know shelf space attractive so just seeing how we're how they're doing like seltzer waters and <laughs> alcohol flavored coffee yeah. and things to me that's interesting not an exciting thing but interesting because i'm like well that kind of tells you how fast we need things you know like yeah. in sports like baseball is boring to people because they want someone scoring every five seconds yeah. so that's kind of where that's our like brains are our brains need to be completely entertained at all times yeah so um yeah i just think it's interesting to me how how people are, are disattracting from classic beer but then once you keep giving them it they're excited because how nice it is you yeah. know so it's interesting to me how the craft beer scene is it moves Absolutely. around so fast and wiggles around uh, on the opposite end of that, what would you say was the the least interesting thing trend that you you saw this year? Again, nothing that you have hmm. a, a personal yeah. vendetta or anything against. Just something that it's isn't maybe your cup of tea or cup of beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, good question. You know, it's, you know, it is least. You know, it kind of is uninteresting, and I don't know if it's interesting or uninteresting. Is how how we bring pumpkin beers out. In July, right and Oktoberfest out in June. Yeah, it's weird to me. That's weird. It kind of sucks because then you know it's just like a it's a different money making marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. And, What's uh, in and that I beer? get it. Yeah, and then again, it comes to the consumer not understanding what the hell's going on. And they're like, "When is Oktoberfest? Is it October?" Like, it's not. But I'm um, still. No. You're like, it's close it's enough. The eighth month. Yeah, <laughs> and you have like three months to drink it before it even starts. Julius yeah. Caesar decided to shove a bunch of more months into this calendar. <laughs> Julius Caesar is a money grabber, you know, yeah. and that's what it is. And and then not saying that they have a lot of big things they got to pay for, and not right. people no, that need to get get some dough. And I get that, but at the same time, it, it takes away the appeal of what the history of some of these of these products yeah. are. And I think to me, it's it kind of draws some uninterest in my brain, and yeah. it kind of makes it then they go like, well, I'm do I think I'm doing it right, but at the same time, am I doing it right for the better of my family and for me? And that to me is uninteresting because it kind of yeah. kills a little bit of the spirit of the whole Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, what is one piece of practical advice you would give to someone starting out in this industry? Um, just learn from the ground up. Um, you know, work at a brewery. You know, home brewing is fantastic because you get to mess with it every single day that you want. I mean, given any given scale of your your brewery. But um, and I think some of the great brewers that popped in there have just been you know homebrewers didn't they didn't have to have like a, a Siebel degree or right. you know everyone's a brewmaster now because they open something or work for a brewery, but. I think a brewmaster or someone opening a brewery or getting an industry should really get their feet wet a lot and uh, really learn it because um, none of us know everything. I tell you straight up, I don't know half the things that I should know, but I, I also know what I do know and I want to make it right and do it right. So just knowing your beer styles, knowing what the bases are, and then as, as a we have the responsibility as brewers uh, to help the consumer along you know right. and, and actually and get a face out there you know have a good rep have a good bartender and um even if you're the brewer and you don't want to go out there get make sure someone is talking yeah. to your people um but um yeah it's like you know that's just get your feet wet school of hard knocks and then yeah education and books just just nail them and then talk to the brewers because they're all pretty awesome people and everybody in the beer industry like yourself dean like you guys know a shit ton so we all benefit from each other yeah learning so it's fun it's just a good good group if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger you? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty happy. I like everything I'm doing. You know, nice. I got a good family. I got good friends. I, I'm in a good town. Um, probably build my wine cellar better, uh, <laughs> have a better selection and not drink it all. Um, <laughs> not sell her every beer that I've thought could sell her for two years. Drink <laughs> it now. Don't wait. 
that's the dumbest stuff because you spend right. like 20 bucks on a bottle just of beer because yeah. <laughs> you're waiting for that right yeah. moment um that's kind of like little small things but uh you know really nothing you know i mean i like what we did i like what we're doing i mean you can always you could probably sit all day and like bitch about something but yeah. um but really no nothing life is good i'm happy to be here so it's awesome absolutely and the yeah. last question <clears throat> what or who has been the biggest influence in your brewing career that's a great question um i think it's really man it's funny you say that um you know, I've had I worked with some great brewmasters in the past, and I think they they have obviously been in my brain on on just like learning from them. Some of the guys who've created, you know, like a, the Black Butte Porter, or mm. you name some of these style of beers they made them, and just like shaking hands with some of them. But really, it's um those guys were there, you know, with work, or they were there and gone. But the guy, all the guys I work with now in the brewing society, any brewery in Cleveland, you name it, pretty much, um, like Vaughn's here right now, um, you know, all my buddies around here. I think those are the guys because we yeah. we talk all the time. We go we go on trips together. Um, you know we're great friends. We help each other out. No one's trying to put anybody under. Um, and then, like I said, we, we're just a great. It's like a good brewing family. So I think just them combined right yeah. now, the Cleveland Brewers are yeah, and even some some of the owners. You know, not everyone has to be an owner or a brewer. Yeah. You know, like but the, the owners and some of the support teams and and even like you know not and besides that like the industry people you know like uh any kind of represent representative uh bartender uh people do the brew bus tours those those are the people that help you along and that you learn from you know in a nutshell so carl thank you so much for your time i appreciate you having me out here today anything else you want to get out about brick and barrel uh for the fans before we head out yeah maybe just a couple things so i mentioned the wine must series that's coming out but um i got uh so my casks have been down i had uh three uh pools beer engines uh that i need to get parts for i just decided to get a three uh standalone uh (laughs) cask uh beer engine on top of the cooler so i'm putting (laughs) lines on now just waiting from england for a couple things and uh should see what's today by first week of August, uh, maybe the first week in August. Should have uh, three real L's on tap. Um, so back back at that, and then probably you're gonna look into doing um, a real L, um, kind of like a beer club, a real L oh, beer nice. club. Have something fun, like get a t-shirt and a pint to stay, yeah. sign up, and then you get like you know whatever. We might not keep a glass here for you, but like, right. there's glasses here, and yeah. you're just part of the system. But until we can find more space for glasses, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and then you know a couple cool things. Bob Fest is coming up um, for Bob who passed away. Um, and uh, it's in September. A couple fun other things. Just keep keep uh, checking on us on social media, mainly Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Carl, thank you so much for your thank time. You. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, and Steve. thank you all for tuning in. Tune in next time for another all-new episode here on the Taproom Exclusive.